Baron Von Rasky here. I'm having a match with three sides. You know something? I can hardly wait to get my hands on him. I'll crack him, I'll snap him, and then I'll pop him with the claw. That is all the people need to know. And you know what? Three sides will be three coins in the fountain. <laughs> this week, three sides of the coin. We're joined by. Is this guy the originator of the band hammer? Could be. Could be. Yes. It's this week. It's the tool versus Thor. We kid you not. Thor is joining us this week yes. on three sides of the coin and, and oh yes and we learn what this international symbol doesn't mean it does mean it, <laughs> prime stories this week trust us this is three sides of the coin talking all things kiss i want to rock and roll all night you're listening to Three sides of the coin. You know, Lisa gave us her last week. She gave us her report from seeing Kiss and David Lee Roth. What about you two guys? First of all, how are the two queenies? Spacious and comfortable. Yes. Yeah. Very spacious. It all worked out very well. And 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 Tommy, does Mark still sleep on top of the covers? Yeah. That's not going to (laughs) change. You know, well, I thought I'll, maybe with I'll the two of you, I, did, I thought with I the did, two of you uh, in the room together, maybe he would get under the cover. No, I, no, I, I, did, I did use my covers because it's fucking cold. I because I had the bed near the window. It was uh, I started on top of the covers and by the end of the night I was uh, underneath them because it was cold and I was too fucking lazy to go turn the fucking heat up. I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, show was great. Um, you know, and, and as you know, they added a couple of new songs, um, uh, Parasite and Tears Are Fallen, uh, which was actually a, probably a very good move, at least from the Tears Are Falling standpoint, because there were so many people. This I found interesting, too, around me at the show that when they were playing those 80s songs, they were like, oh, my God, I love this song. Like they had they forgotten it. it. They, they'd forgotten it, but then they hearing it reminded yeah. them about yeah 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 and i normally don't hear that one way or another but uh, i mean i i took notice of it because so many people were like wow all right so they, there was a lot of fans there that night that were really happy to hear the 80s stuff look uh, for the love was, of god for the love of god play fucking hard luck woman you want to talk about a song people know that still gets played that i heard that the other day on 70s on seven on serious i mean that was that was a top 20 fucking hit. I, I do not know why on the end of the road tour that has not been played. And Eric could sing that shit out of that song, too. That's that's one that should be added to the set for the same reason that Tommy just said. It's one of those peep songs that if you just went to the show, you go, oh, fuck, I've, I remember, I remember that, song. that. Yep. Yeah. You know, so I don't know why that one's not in it. And, and to a degree, same thing with Christine 16. I mean, that was another top. I believe that was. Well, yeah, I, I, in, in, this, in this day and age, that. whether people agree or not, I can see why Christine 16 isn't being played because of the lyrical content. Oh, yeah. 
It's a kiss yeah. song. It's I know well, I get it. It's a totally. It's a kiss song. It was written in a you know forty plus when, when years Alice ago. When Alice sings "I Love the Dead," he doesn't. He's not really a necrophiliac. Just letting you guys I know. I totally get it, but I you know I can oh, imagine I, I, that as as especially Gene and Paul have gotten married, have kids, family. Certain things probably don't resonate with them the way they did in the seventies. I'm just speculating. He's still asking people to pull the trigger of his love gun every night. That's a real gun. Yeah. What are you saying? What are you saying? It's not a gun. Yeah. Oh my god. What are you? What are you trying to tell us? Look at that! I've been here five minutes. We ready? We're ra- wrapping up. All right. Dinner. Oh, no, was- did Mark's like dinner ready? It was a great show, and then there was a lot of people commenting on some of the photos asking about the reduction of of the pods, and yes, they did get rid of four or five of them, and I remember last summer or fall, I was in St. Louis, and one of the guys on their rig was explaining that whole thing to me and why they removed it. Part of it was because it had to fit into different types of sheds, but there was something else, there was some other reason for it, but I mean, at least from my perspective, it didn't change the look of the show at all. There's Tom, still as much pyro. Tommy, with with all due respect to um, Kip from Napoleon Dynamite, how can anyone even know that? I don't. I do not understand how anyone counted the fucking pods. I know because well, I had a couple people email me that, and I'm like, okay, well, I guess they did. But it, like Tommy just said, you know how much it changed the show. But here, here's the thing, Mark. I bet nobody who was at the show was counting the pods and disappointed by it. it it's I, that, all it's all that, the losers sitting on YouTube watching the video going, I need a reason to get pissed. Oh, let me count. Oh, they're cutting the show back. They aren't making as much money. It's failing, blah, blah, blah. It's really four pods going, well, you know what? I was going to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're, they're well, and like four. I said, I just happened to get into conversation with one of the guys that was doing the rigging and he just, I had no idea there were less. I didn't pay, hadn't paid attention. He mentioned it, you know, just talking about it. And there was a, there's a reason for it. And I don't know if, if, I don't think it was their scaling back on purpose. I mean, for no, Christ's no. sakes, they've got 17 semis. I, mean, I, how many I can assure you, you those extra pods were in a truck. They just weren't loaded in because it, this happens with KISS for every single tour. Every band that's out there has to deal with this. You have to be able to scale your stage production down because venue sizes are different. Not just the physical size of the, the venue itself and the arena bowl and stuff, but maybe what you've got up in the scaffolding for points. Wait to, to yeah. rig your stuff to, might not be able to hold 12 pods. It's only been rated to hold eight pods. So guess what? You can't sneak four more in there for fear of collapsing a ceiling. You follow the freaking oh. rules. It happens every time, well, every I, tour. I, I, I want to I go on to the, this, this subject, though, too, because I had people go, oh, the entire top was empty. Hold on a second. They didn't sell the very top tier. Okay, that if if you looked at if you looked from the main floor and looked up, that complete section was empty because it was never on sale. The very upper top, they sold the 
middle, bottom, and floor. That's all that you could buy. Um, that was a well, it's big a nineteen thousand seat arena. Yeah, and and okay. it was everything but the top ring was sold. Now I I was talking to a friend of mine earlier today, and he asked me, he goes, "Well, my friend said that the whole." top was empty i'm like yeah i said but look at it this way and this is an apologist thing this is just please use your head kobo hall held twelve thousand five hundred, and if they were to play that because it's not even there anymore but i'm just using a very famous venue especially in Kislore. there was that plus another five thousand in buffalo if you catch my drift yeah they they there was a great enthusiastic crowd they purposefully didn't sell the very top ring that's all i mean guys if if you're a band that's 40 plus years in and you're still drawing 10 to 15,000 people a night you're going to call that oh oh that's Failure. terrible yeah come on man that's that's just asinine let's and, and 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 here's here's spoiler alert it's not just kiss all kinds of bands do that. You know, they don't put the seats behind the stage on sale unless, unless it does get sold like that. Or they're trying to squeeze more people in. But if you're drawing, again, if you're a legacy act, if you're a, 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 a band and you're still drawing 10 to 15 plus thousand people a night, regardless of where you're playing, I don't understand where, you know, all of a sudden... Again, I had people call me, and they all said the same thing. They asked me, like, oh, my God, I heard the whole top was in. I'm like, was it? Yeah, it was. That's truthful. But that's not the way the show was sold. And, again, Tommy, you can verify this. You know, when uh, you look out from the stage, when they took their picture at the end, you know. uh, It's a sea of people. Yeah, I I don't know what the I I don't know what the numbers are, but if I had to take a guess, I would say probably fifteen thousand. Yeah, that's what I I I said. Conservative, but it doesn't. Who cares? I don't. None of that matters, man. The show was phenomenal. You know, I I enjoyed it, and and specifically of all of the songs, "Parasite," and less for "Parasite," and more for the lighting. Like, that's the other thing that's cool is, is that they're not just sticking a different song in the place of a different song and doing nothing. They lit the whole thing differently. And I can't put it in words, but just watch for it when you guys do see the show. It's just I, it was a highlight for me. It was just really cool looking. I don't know how to how to say it. So and they changed some of their visuals around, too, as well. Uh, some of their screen capture and some of the other stuff. Um, the, the guts of the show remains the same from what we've seen on the first leg. Uh, but they're, they're moving some stuff around. And I don't know. It was fun. I, I don't care if there's five people there. Or there's 50,000 people. What do I give a shit? They're there to play. And they did. And it was wonderful. It was. I tell you what, uh, great show, great crowd response, uh, everything you'd want out of a, out of a kiss show. And, uh, also too, got to give a tip of the cap to Mr. David Lee Roth. Yeah. I, let's, uh, let's spend a little time on, watched, on David. Uh, I watched the entire David Lee Roth set while Tommy was, you know, elsewhere. Um, I saw about 70% of it. Shut up. I'm just fucking with you. Cause I knew <laughs> I could, but yeah. David Lee Roth was, was great. One thing I thought was very un David Lee Roth like, was he didn't talk to the crowd barely at all. 
No. He just went song, song. I mean, literally, as the song was ending, he started the next do, one. Do, and that went do, on and do on you and suppose on. that's because what he's only got 30 minutes? So he's, he can sit, you know, Kiss doesn't care what he does in that 30 minutes. He can play four songs and talk for the other half, or he can play nothing but music. They don't care. Dave probably said, listen, I want, I want to play as much music as possible. So well, I'm, yeah, I'm I think guessing. he was a little longer than 30. I want to say he was about 40. About 40, 45 close. Yeah. Because he did a lot of, he played a ton of music. And, and as a David Lee Roth fan, a big fan, by the way, it was nice to hear some actual David Lee Roth solo stuff because yeah. I, I was worried. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, huge, crazy Van Halen fan. But Tobacco Road made me smile. That was nice. Uh, just a gigolo. Put a big that was smile. the highlight for me. He's not playing. And, um, um, what what the hell? Yankee is Rose. Name? Yeah, Yankee Rose. Why? I, I, that, I, that one I'm kind of perplexed. Yeah, um, I am too. Because I, I don't think Dave knows how to pick a set. setup from from the residency. That put it this way: no dance the night away. That yeah. that that was that's about as big a hit as they had. You know, I was surprised right. that wasn't in the set. It, it, he was great, and he was he was the consummate David Lee Roth. It was it was fantastic. All I know is we had a lot of fun. I got to hang with Mark's friends. Seriously, wonderful people. I mean, salt of the earth, wonderful people that just added to the experience. We ran into a bunch of fans, a bunch of listeners of the show. Chris, we got to give a couple nice. shouts, Tommy. Hold on, I got to find their names because they'll fucking hold on. Tommy and I. This is weird. Guys, it's a three sides world of time. Tommy and I are walking through the airport in Buffalo. Some guy comes up to us and I thought he was like, hey, get out of the way or you two guys. And I'm I'm like, OK, whatever, because we're you know talking. And the guy was like, I watch your show. And this guy was like our age, which isn't unusual. But we're like, oh, did you go to the show last night? And he's like, uh, no, I'm just here cutting job interview. job interview. And I'm like. It's like, oh, yeah, I, I love your show, but I didn't go to the show. I found out they were here, but I didn't go. <laughs> so that was it was Ron, I think, was. Uh, well, was, well yeah, and then, Tom, Tom, Tommy, was that the guy who yelled? No, and Mark doesn't know about this. So then after I so I went to the gate with Mark and we sat around and talked for a while because his plane was leaving before mine. And then after he got on his plane, I went and grabbed a slice of pizza and headed to my um my gate and I sat down and I opened up my computer. I was looking at some photos and all of a sudden this guy comes and sits down next to his wife and he looks at me in the most serious of ways. He just looks right at me like this, leans forward and is like, Branville is a tool. <laughs> and that's all he said. That's all he said. And then we ended up starting to chat and they, they're from, um, yeah, where were they from? They were from Boston. And so they flew up to see the, the New York, kiss show and they they fly around um all over essentially you're sitting in a freaking airport at a gate and somebody walks up and says Branville's a tool oh it was fantastic and then i got to we got to meet like longtime listener david eno was there he's a super nice guy uh and then also was his uh i'm trying to remember everybody because we met so many people and i want to give a big shout out to my friend Oh, we saw, uh, um, speaking of Kiss, I was just going to mention my friend John Jeffries, who I felt bad because I told his his tribute band was playing before and after. And as Tommy knows, we got out of there late and I wanted to go see um, his band play. But as 
when we walked into the arena, it was nice out and it was probably in the mid thirties. When we walked out, it was a motherfucking blizzard. I mean, it was snowing fucking sideways and dumbass me. I'm wearing shorts, you know, cause I wanted to be comfortable during the show. We got out and it was, I mean, it's just fucking, and my friends are already waiting for me at another bar. My friends from Buffalo so I told, thanks. So I told my, I told John that I was going to come see his band play, and we ended up having to walk. There I am, walking through the fucking snow. And he's with, like, "What the fuck are you taking this picture for?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we we hung with uh, Jim Smith. He is a forensics uh, forensic oh, yeah. specialist from for the police department, and he was down there on his own. He lives in Canada. Super nice guy. Um, so we hung out with him for a while. There's just, we met so many great oh, people. My buddy, Steve from Toledo came all the way down. Brad yeah. from, I think he's from the Buffalo area. I just ran into all kinds of crazy, crazy fun Kiss fan people and uh, lots of three sides love. I, I, I tell you, it just still to me, just warms my heart. How many nice, decent human beings come up and want to talk to us and take her yeah. and and just have a good time and laugh and ask questions about the show. And I obviously I always get a lot of collecting questions and it was just awesome. So people of Buffalo, thank you. You guys uh, certainly made Tommy and I feel yeah. at home in this Sunday. And what a beautiful, Sunday. beautiful, beautiful city. Yes. Some really cool buildings and architecture. Just, it was neat. And uh, this Sunday I'll be in Fort Wayne. So by the time this airs, I will have already have been to Fort Wayne. So, um, yes. looking forward to that. And then in a couple weeks, I'm joining Tommy in Minneapolis. Yeah. So and then we have the Tommy Thayer thing on the 23rd. So any of you that are so inclined there, I believe a few tickets left for a evening with Tommy Thayer. And we're going to do a meet and greet. You guys can get autographs and a photo with Tommy and hear some stories. So it'll be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So a couple of really fun. Funny things happen. And this is my favorite story of all time, I think. So we're after the show, we went and met with Mark's friends and they weren't serving food anymore. And he's like, God, I really want to have something to eat. So we went back to the hotel. Luckily, they were or no, that was the night before. It was after the was it after the wings show or was it after or after the the uh, hockey, hockey game? Or was, Hold on. After the <clears throat> it was a hockey game. We only game. ate once on game day. Because we fucking sat and round and bullshitted in the hotel room till fucking like one o'clock. Yeah. And then we went to Gabriel. Yeah, which I, I, I heard it wasn't bullshitting. I heard somebody needed to take a nap. Someone needed a nappy poo. <laughs> I love my nappy poos. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, at any rate, so we're at the hotel bar and he orders an Asian salad. <laughs> and, yeah that was and, the night of the that was the night of the hockey game that was yeah the, okay so we had two we had two waiters we had the <laughs> new guy who was mostly serving us and the guy who's kind of watching him and the new guy didn't speak very good english and i don't know where he was from super nice very attentive great very waiter nice. but so he brings him the salad and mark wants more more sauce and stuff and he's like do you have any chopsticks and the guy's like just kind of looking at him. He doesn't really answer. And and he's like, I I don't, I, you know, like confused. And Mark's like, you know, chopsticks. And I was, hold on. I'm doing the international choppy choppy sign for There's chopsticks. No international. international. There's two international. Look, if I go like this, I want chopsticks. Everybody fucking knows. What the, and everybody, put it this way. Is there anybody in this audience that doesn't know that this means I want, if I'm saying chopsticks and I go like this. What do you think? It's chopsticks. 
it was, well, it's it lets you speak. Everybody knows it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so anyway, so he's looking so confused. And he, he's like, well, I think they sell them <laughs> out by the, by the guest registration. They have a little snack area where you can buy, you know, pretzels and soda and stuff like that and gum. And we're both, Mark and I are like, what the, why would these? I'm like, I want fucking chopsticks. Why am I going to go to the fucking vestibule to buy fucking chopsticks where they sell fucking secrets and stuff? And so keep in I, mind, it's like fucking one in the morning or midnight or whatever. Yeah. And, so Mark, like, and Mark and Mark and Mark is hungry, and we know what Mark is like. Well, hold when on. He's the reason I wanted yeah. the chopsticks is this: they gave me the 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 little I don't know, it's Asian sauce. It was very good, but you couldn't stick a fork in it. Because they're so fucking small. So if I had chopsticks, I could take that and put it in the dressing and then continue to eat. I'm very he's particular. Really, he's really big on the side. You know, that's a big thing for him. So by this time, the guy's laughing. Not our regular waiter, but the guy kind of overseeing everything. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm missing something. And then all of a sudden, this guy, the other waiter, pulls out his chapstick. And he's like, I can't really let you have this. So he's asking for chopsticks, and the waiter thinks he wants to borrow his chapstick. And the waiter thought I wanted to borrow his chapstick. Before little, little. Do, now, Mark has now learned that this is the international symbol for chapstick. chapstick. No, it's not. That is the inter- <laughs> chopstick. And I said chopsticks. <laughs> oh, God. See, shit like that always happens when we go somewhere. Amazing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was it was a great show. It was a great experience. Uh, the soda guys were there. That was a oh, lot of fun. They were doing guys. a meet and greet with Gene, and there was a Japanese film crew there that was filming some stuff for I'm assuming a commercial or or something coming up for them because they had some Japanese banners with the soda on it. Um, so I'm, he's working on something there. I'm not sure what, cool. but it was it was a great show. Wonderful concert. You know everything I had hoped for and expected. Yeah, and if anybody, if we forgot to mention you, yeah, please. Sorry. Sorry. It, it, there's so many, and it was so much fun, and you know, um, because I know we're missing people too. Um, yeah, always try and give people shout outs and stuff. Well, like and we that. ran into Rich Kosak and and, and his, his wife and his friends. And it was his friends, birthday. Yeah. Um, that was always it's always cool to see Rich, and you know, just and then you know the the usual. Uh, the usual crew like Fran and, and all those guys too. And Ryan who works for the band, just super, super nice people. It's a, it's a great group of folks mm-hmm. that, that kind of do things there. So yeah, it's all good. Oh, and, and we were all excited, both of us, because we were, we were literally about 10 feet from David Lee Ross dressing room and we saw his band walk out and we're like, okay, this is it. We're going to get to see David Lee Roth walk out right in front and he, for some wah wah, he ended up fucking going to the stage some other way. So that sucked. We were hoping to see David Lee Roth walk by, but we didn't. So maybe someday. Someday, yeah. There's always someday. Yes. I would. So, I would love to meet David Lee Roth. Who wouldn't? You know, who wouldn't? It's David Let Lee me Roth. tell you, it's still still electric on stage. Still uh, yeah. can light up a room with that smile. He's just a, a great, great front man. And let me tell you, um, you I know some of the, the people here have seen some of Tommy's kiss pics from that show, which are dynamite, but you should see his David Lee Roth pictures. Oh, Tommy, some... send, send those, because I'll share those through all of our kiss channels as well. Okay. Okay, most of them I'm not really all that happy with, so I'll send you a couple. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and shoot, shoot them 
um, this weekend and, and be up closer to just, I got a new lens and, you know, I, I Mark's being very kind. Uh, there, there's a couple of them that are good, but they're not great, but I'll send them to you to share. For, for the kiss photos, did you have an actual photo pass? Were you allowed to go in the pit and take photos or were you shooting from, I just audience? shot, my, I just shot from my seat. I mean, I, you know, I always send them stuff to use however they want. They know they can have anything that I shoot. And uh, they used they used the Paul Flying one on the webpage. Um, the boot? Yeah, the boot with the with pick the, stuck the guitar, on the bottom of The guitar pick yeah, stuck so, on the you boot, know, yeah. And, and when, when, when they, whenever they've, they've seen something that's stuck out that they like, like Gene, he really liked that fire-breathing shot from Minneapolis last year. So I, I had one printed out for him on, on glass and gave it to him. So, I mean, they're, you know, they're just incredibly generous people and um, they're totally cool with me just kind of hanging out and taking photos. Cause I don't really, I don't sell them. You know, I do it for us to share with, with the, our listeners and, and the fans and stuff. And, and I just enjoy doing it, you know? So they've always been really good to me and, you know, I can just kind of whatever. So sometimes I think the best shots aren't the ones in the pit. Oh, no, I, I, I completely agree. We, we've talked about this in past shows. With this stage, you you need to have photos from back, like, by soundboard. Well, plus, Tommy was all over the arena. He shot from all over the place. So Yeah, I moved around, you know. I mean, I, I bought a seat. I had a seat. Um, but I did move around, you know, because that's that's what's exciting to me is to try to capture something that I don't normally get. So, like, that. The shot of Paul, I'll never get that again unless I happen to be standing right. He was literally coming right over over me like that. And like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And it was just, you know, it was, it was happenstance and a little bit of luck um, that I was able to frame it like that. It was perfect timing is really what it was. So that'll never happen again. So that's what I'm looking for is those magic moments to get just something really cool that you don't normally get to see. And I was just rocking. So yeah, I didn't, and, and Mark was just rocking. Yeah, so it's all good. Mark, do you have any any uh, woman yelling at you to get out of her seat? Oh my God, Tommy, was that was the funniest in Chicago? Remember that? that was oh, funny. she was a pig. Oh, Jesus, was, what a fucking bitch! But I had what? drunk people all around me, which you know, is always. I didn't have any any negative. Uh, I just the opposite. Some really hot chick next to me actually, and she was really nice. So talk to her for a little bit but yeah it was uh it was a buffalo yeah by the way my my buddy sean i saw him and his daughter now sean's very important because um i used to the first fanzine i ever wrote for was his and and his friend chris and i and i don't get a chance to see him too often and uh it was great to run into him and uh and and tommy knows this this is true we were getting texts from people because we know so many people in that area and it just got to the point where we couldn't keep appointments. Like, I'll meet you after this, or I'll meet. You. I'm yeah. like, look, at this point, we're just gonna be walk around and hopefully we run into you, you know? Because it it literally both our phones are like, okay, this guy's cool, this guy's cool. I want to see all these people, but everyone's seated all over the fucking arena, you know? Yeah, it's it's really tough. And we both actually kept moving quite a bit, so I think we we ran into. You know, yeah, we ran into more than than we wouldn't have if we would have just stayed in one spot. You know, 
Plus we were doing other stuff. Like I was like the, they asked me for uh, the soda. They asked me to take some pictures. So I did some photos of the meet and greet, but more of like the setup of the bottles in the ice and the rack of stuff and the whole setup than necessarily of gene with the different folks who were getting their picture taken um so that's why i missed part of the roth show because i was back there doing that for them which i was glad to do so that's the nice thing is it's like a big community we just help each other out you know just like when uh, gene had sold uh one of his swords at one of the shows i happened to be there and um Christina had messaged me and said, Hey, are you going to be there tonight? Cause I'm not. And I want, I need photos of the sword. So I knew ahead of time and I made sure that I took as many of him, not only breathing fire, but holding it so that those could be sent to the fan who, who purchased the sword. Cool. Good yeah. Man. Yeah. So it's fun to help out. It's, it's no different to me. That's my way of, helping them in the same manner in which Mark, you know, has this incredible collection and they go to him for, you know, archival stuff for different projects they're doing. So I try to help out where I can. I tell you what, there's nothing more fulfilling for a fan, at least speak. And I know time I'm speaking for you. When you get asked to help tell their story, there's no greater honor as a kiss fan than to help do that because Look how much, and, and, and that's the one thing people talk about all the time. Like, oh, you spent so much money on Kiss and Bible. I'm like, you don't fucking get it. You know, I never bought one thing because I thought it was going to hold its value or anything. I bought Kiss stuff because it made me fucking happy. And I liked the connection with something. And that's going to be, you know, it hasn't hit me yet. You know, this is going to end. This is literally, I mean, because when I got into KISS, I was nine years old. You know, fortunately, I had my older brother and sister. And this is literally since I started consciously, you know, growing up, has been a constant in my life, a big part of my life. And so when this is over, man, it's going to be weird. Well, and that's it's interesting you say that because I've been giving some thought to that. And, and I think it. That's why I don't understand how anyone can be a KISS fan and complain about anything, regardless of set list or whatever it might be, because it's like, this is it. And I'm in my 50s, and I still get to do something that I loved in my childhood. I mean, that there's a lot of people who don't get to do that, whatever it might be, you know? And that's one of the things that's great about, you know, having hobbies. And and for me, every every moment that I can go and see one of those shows is a joy to me. You know, and it's funny because so many people, you know, that like are Facebook friends that are, I've known forever from high school or whatever, and they're not into this at all. And they just, I think they, I don't know, I think they get it now, but for the longest time, I think they just thought it was kind of peculiar or odd, but. Like you forgot to grow up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really strange. And it's like, well, no, it's, it, it's more than that. It, it's more than just the the celebration of the band and seeing the show, the show takes me back to childhood, but now making connections with people that, you know, we, we get in your living rooms or on your computers once a week and you guys support us and listen to us and comment. And, and you're a part of the show. You're a part of what this is and to physically be able to see them and meet them and talk to them is a really cool thing. You know, it, it really is. Well, you know, go back to something earlier, and, and of course I've talked about this on the show before, but, you know, I'll be 55 in a couple of months. I'm still playing in a band. I'm still playing hockey. 
I'm still getting going to KISS shows. These are things that I've been doing since I was a kid. And they still mean just as much to me now as they ever did. And that's what's going to be weird when KISS leaves because that's one constant. Because I don't care if it was Animal Eyes or Hot in the Shade or Creatures of the Night or whatever. When KISS was coming to Detroit or KISS was, you know what I mean? It was like, that's it. When's the new record coming? It was always something I looked forward to that, you know, Kiss was always there. Um, no different than, you know, a, a real funny story. When when Tommy and I got to Buffalo on Tuesday, we found out that um, the Buffalo Sabres were playing. And again, our hotel is adjacent right next to the to the rink. And God bless Tommy. I'm like, look, dude, can you, can you just go? I love hockey as much as I love Kiss. I mean, it's as big a part of my life as music is. And we were, I'll tell you, we had a ball. We had these kids sitting by us. <laughs> these kids, and now I don't know if you guys, in, in any sports terms, we call it chirping in hockey. And these kids were chirping. And what it is is they were putting down people on the ice, screaming stuff. But these kids were funny. I mean, they they had their chirps down. There was some good chirping going on up in the up in the fucking stance. But but anyways, that that's my whole thing, you know. At, at my age, I'm still enjoying, you know, hockey. I'm still playing the drums. I, Kiss is still there. What's going to happen when that's gone? When there is no show to look forward to? Because let's face it, you know, they stopped putting out, you know, when we were kids, they were putting an album out every year and stuff. You know, that doesn't happen anymore. But you're always like, you know, even now you're like, okay, I know Monster was a while ago, but they're going to release something. You know what I mean? Or, and, and we know they're going to release something, you know, within the next couple of years. My, my point is there was always that in your head, like, okay, there's going to be more kiss. There's going to be more kiss. So, you know, when that's gone, that's going to be, it's going to suck in a word. Well, yeah. you know, oh. I, I know for me, like during the eighties, there was never a thought that kiss was going to break up, that kiss wouldn't yeah. be there, that kiss wouldn't be coming to town next year for another show you just it you didn't even think of that as a possibility now it's a it's not just a possibility it's happening this is the end of the road the the band is done touring but as we've said many times it doesn't mean the band is history it just means you're not getting six-month tours out of KISS anymore around the world. This is it. It's done. It's over. Well, I look at stuff like this, too. You know, KISS Cruise 10. That's 10 MF in years. Flew by. Which, by the way, sold out. Yep. Before it went on sale to the (laughs) public. I know. All those those haters out there who said this one, they really screwed it over and it's going to bomb sold out again i guess you feel like a fool one more time don't you yeah exactly and 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 also too i'd like to say you know i've been fortunate enough to see behind the curtain and i want to tell and you under the covers and under the covers yes <laughs> it's every it's everything that you would hope it to be all four of them in their own way are genuinely kind people they they just are and I've been so fortunate to have conversations with all of them on a pretty regular basis. And they've been nothing but kind. And it has nothing to do with 
me or our show or any of that. That's how they are to everybody, you know, and they're genuine. That's the thing that people don't, you know, it's like, with, let's use Gene as an example. Okay. I don't say much to Gene because I don't have anything in common with Gene. I may have something that I'm not aware of. Who knows? But he's, he's always polite. He's always kind, you know, and when I gave him that, that picture, he was so genuinely shocked that I did that for him. He could not believe it. And it was sincere. And he actually came up to me a couple of times that night to thank me for it. You know, well, why would he do that if, if he's not, you know, happy to, to get something like that? And we had a really cool exchange and it's something I'll never forget. So for me, that's why I do it. I like to just be around and do stuff and see the shows because my heroes, my childhood heroes have turned out to be everything that I had hoped that they would be. I could say the same thing about Ace as well super nice guy but beyond that then you've got tommy and eric they couldn't be nicer they're just and to me that goes a hell of a long way over above anything else is being able to connect to these people and realize that they're that they're genuine they're real so that's just my two cents awesome all right yeah. cool recap so um, now next time you see Mark, bring him some chapstick. <laughs> so go up to Mark now. From now on, when you see Mark. No, bring the chapsticks. So I'm, I'm, so I'm yeah. not, never going to be without them. That way, if he ever has an Asian salad, he's always got a pair on. Exactly. Either that or make sure the restaurants have bigger dishes for the dressing. Then I could put a fork in it. But I, this one I could <laughs> I, I I feel so many jokes coming out of this conversation. Dude, the fork, if the, the fork they wanted me to use. And keep in mind, it's late. It was like playing fucking. Uh, what was the? Uh, what's the, the the with the doctor? That what's the game? Operation. 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 It was like because yeah. I, I like I wanted to put because it was a good salad. It was a really good salad, but I couldn't get my fork. And so I'm like, Dude, you know, it's a nice. Put it this way: this was a really nice restaurant. Of course, they're gonna have chopsticks, but they didn't. They had chapstick. They did. Yeah. Have cha <laughs> this guy's look was so quizzical. Like, um, should I give him the chaps? No, I can't. It's my chap. And I'm like, dude, what are you <laughs> Mark, you know, I think screw you doing a wasp podcast. You need to do a food podcast. You talk yeah. about eating dinner with the same passion you talk about a Kiss concert. Or hockey. Or hockey. Oh, by the way, hold on. How how was Gabriel's? We had a fucking dynamite meal. Oh and yeah, if you guys this, this little fucking Buffalo. place in Buffalo called Gabriel's had incredible food, and it's and, just like this old old hole in the wall fucking place, mm -hmm. and it was really really good. We only ate, oh, and then we ate at the hotel. What's that place called? Seven one six. Seven one six. Seven eleven. Oh no! no this, is, this is a few few bars uh, ahead of that, but we had an incredible meal there too. By the way, they had really good uh, dark beer. I got the last two that they had. That was uh, that was it though. That was it for our culinary. Well, that and I think we got a Snickers bar and chips at like two in the morning because we were fucking. We were so busy Saturday. We ate once, and it wasn't until like one or two in the morning. We're like, 
I'm hungry. We're like, yeah, we just ate the one time. We're so busy just doing other shit. It, it almost reminded me of that fucking song. I don't know, was it Nickelback? Or, that we all get skinny because we just won't eat. We were so fucking busy the whole fucking day. It's funny. We're just getting ready for bed. And I'm like, fuck, I'm hungry. Like, I'm hungry, too. And I'm like, shit. What's open? Nothing. Tommy's Nothing. Like, to- Tommy, no, how the conversation went, as my understanding is, Tommy said, I'm hungry. Mark said, I'm hungry, too. Tommy said, well, come over. Let's cuddle, then. <laughs> no, that wasn't Mike's uh, fantasies. And yeah, uh, exactly. that's what Tommy told me. We had a conversation before you came on here. <laughs> oh man! All right, all right. So before, you know, hockey, uh, matter of fact, the, uh, the Wings are playing Buffalo tonight, and the puck dropped about five minutes ago. So, so before that, before we introduce our special guest today, Loki, I've got one comment that just came in that I gotta read. Okay. Okay. So this is off of our Facebook Three Sides of the Coin group. This is by Billy Joe Jim Bob. Nice. Is that his real name? I doubt it. Last name is Walton. His comment, (laughs) very short, and this isn't a typo. This is what he wrote. Jizzy reminds me of every homeless weirdo in L.A. (laughs) I get it. I get it. (laughs) <laughs> I just love the jizzy. <laughs> jizzy. That's fantastic. Oh, oh, God. Yeah, no, uh, thank thank you for everybody who's leaving comments on, on, on yeah. the Ralph Izzy episode. Um, that was a blast. A By the blast. way, Lisa had a good girl's night, or good girl's day, and Lisa knows what I'm talking about. Looked very good in that Dude, sweater. Mark, I could not believe you were not here for that moment. I mean, I know. she sat down and we were all like, whoa, whoa. And then all of a sudden she's like, I'm she, in Tokyo. She's like, she's like, wow, this sweater makes me look big. I'm like, it yeah, it's like great. This, you wish we could show the fucking text thread that we, the four of us had. <laughs> this, this, this was a perfect example of why guys love sweaters. <laughs> you look oh, was, amazing in them and ralph and lisa was in lisa love. loves the attention too oh, so it's yeah. all good well it's much deserved she's beautiful and she's yes a, she she's is the coolest she's hot chick good. ever so yep yeah so so really anyway good. this week special guest joining us and i had a freaking blast and it was very cool to talk to this guy we are joined by the this legendary the one and only thor Oh, Thor. Come on, yeah. people. Thor is joining us. I kid you not. And he's got the metal hammer. It's yes, he does. It's like the band Thor. hammer, but metal. Yeah, but really has some balls to it. <laughs> did you guys ask him about his Murph Griffin appearance? No. 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 Okay. We, we did talk about his Vegas residency. I mean, we talked about a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, his, his meetings with Gene and Paul, his auditioning for Bill of Coin. Um, and, and one cool side story is Thor was joined by his producer and lead guitarist, Kevin. And Kevin told us a story about the lead guitarist of the band Sheriff out of Canada. Who, Don't say anymore. Don't say anymore. Let's it's just say it's, it, it's, it's related to Kiss and Ace Frehley. Yes. 
Wink, wink, say no more, say no more. Say no more. No, it's very, very cool stories, but trust me, Thor, what a freaking storyteller. Great passion for nice. music, right. loves his fans, you know, but as, as we talked about, because he's got a great documentary out called I Am Thor, his career was a living example of being at the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people over and over and over the wrong manager the wrong label the wrong this but he yeah. hasn't stopped right applaud i applaud him for not got, giving uh, in so anyway but, but wait a minute before you do that one last thing did you have you announced the winner of the lydia chris book yet yes um okay. i sent the winner i think you should have their info Okay, yeah, email. I'll send the book out this send week. The book. But, um, let me see if I can find it real quick while we are. But here. we do have a we do have a winner. The winner's been uh, picked for the Lydia Chris book. Yes. And the next contest we're going to do is uh, Alice Cooper autographs. Oh, that's right. You got those Alice yeah. Cooper photos. I thought it was a dream date with Tommy. We've got three. <laughs> Sail it. Um, hold on, hold on. <laughs> let me. Come on. Come on, come on, why is this? Because I know people are going to are asking, you know, and I don't know where you posted it, so it's probably good to, to say, hey, notes. you know. I, I thought it was a dream date with Tommy in the Tenderloin District. <laughs> um, oh, I don't have Too the guy, I, I don't have the guy's feces, name no. written down here. I've just got the winner's email address, and I don't want to give that okay. out. Anyway, yes, no, a, winner, a winner has been picked for the Lydia Chris book. Thank you so much for the hundreds and hundreds of you who entered. entered. And uh, stay tuned for our Alice Cooper contest. Yeah. So, without further ado, the mighty Thor. Want to get your official three sides of the coin logo and shocker tee? Now you can. We ship worldwide. Get yours online at shop.threesidesofthecoin.com. Hey, everybody. This is The Tool, and I am so proud to welcome... The man with the hammer, Thor. Behold the power of the hammer. <laughs> and and Excellent. and and Kevin, who produced your new album, is that correct? That's right. Yes. Yeah. And new album is called Rising. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So. Um, and he plays guitar. Yes. Excellent. So, I, I don't know where I'm going to start here. I'm going to go all the way back. I remember reading about Thor in Kerrang magazine. And it, I, I'm assuming it was probably the very early 80s, um, maybe late 70s. But no, no, Krang didn't start until 81. 81. So it had it? to, yeah, yeah. So it was the early 80s. And I remember just seeing these pictures of you going, you know, as a Kiss fan, first of all. And I'm sure Tommy can attribute to this as well as a lot of our listeners. As a Kiss fan, when you see a new band... And it's got an image that immediately is the first hook. I don't care about the music initially. It's like, oh, I like this. He's got an image. He's got, you know, I don't want to say it's a gimmick, but it's 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 a character. 
you are somebody and it's like all right i'm gonna check this out just because of that now the music may be totally you know unrelated to kiss but it doesn't matter because to me there's something special about somebody who wants to put on a show like you do like you've always done it's more than just music to you i'm assuming right it's everything it's entertainment yes hold on let me take my helmet off (laughs) (laughs) nice and let me tell you a few things I, (laughs) i am a showman and i love kiss uh they were a big influence on me and i come from the glitter rock era now i played in bands in the 60s and you know loved led zeppelin iron butterfly uh, before that the beatles very big beatles fan and then doors uh but in the early 70s there was a glitter rock era yep. that happened and i was a huge fan of alice cooper uh david bowie when he was ziggy stardust sweet and of course sweet love sweet uh the rubettes even you ever heard of the Rubettes? I've heard of them, yep. Wear those hats and everything. Anybody who had a show yep. <laughs> from the Glitter Rock era, I love them. Slade and, of course, Kiss. And that's where I got my influences from because Gene would breathe fire. Alice would hang himself. And Ziggy Stardust, he was the thin white alien. Well, I was also a bodybuilder and a physique champion at the time and played bass in a band. So uh, uh, I thought I would put, and I was a big fan of Hercules Unchained and everything. Yep. Yeah. I wanted to do a show, a big show, and just like how Kiss had their show, uh, except I would be this Hercules kind of character on stage. Instead of breathing fire, I would bend steel in my teeth. I would smash bricks on my head and my chest. And I would, you know, just put on a, a great show and... I always felt the music was very. They always, I always say, there's strength in our music as well as strength in the show. So, and 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 one of the, one of the things, uh, it, it seems. So before before you came on, I watched your documentary, which is is yes. really interesting. I encourage yeah. everybody to go out and check it out. I got it on Amazon Prime, um, and it goes back through your whole history. You seem to be the 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 Thor character is truly you. It wasn't something you just said, "Oh, I need a gimmick. Let me be this." You were by natural upbringing, you were a bodybuilder already, and you were a musician already. So it 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 is sort of really who you are. Is that right? Yes, and also a songwriter. And uh, it, it's not like I just took the Norse mythology and said, Oh, I want to be Thor, the, right. uh, you know, the Norse God or whatever it was. Thor was more of an identity. It was my character. Uh, I could go all kinds of different places. Thor could be, uh, from Atlantis, you know, uh, a warrior from Atlantis, but I became like the rock warrior. That's what I was more, uh, noted as. And, uh, and, you know, I just, had elaborate costumes and I, I had my songs that I wrote that I, I felt from my heart, you know, just were strong rock songs. 
And uh, it's very interesting when we were in Toronto and uh, uh, after we formed Thor in Vancouver and I was with one of the of Canada's greatest guitarists, uh, Frank Soda, we toured all over Ontario and we were huge fans when the Kiss album came out, huge fans of Kiss. And we were trying to get a record deal and uh, we became Thor and the Imps. And the imps, because Frank Soda and the band were so small, I would lift them over my head and throw them into the audience. <laughs> it was, and, and they had very kiss-like makeup. We were influenced by that. So um, as it had uh, uh, to happen was that um, Kiss was playing Maple Leaf Gardens in 1976. And we were looking for a record deal. And we had a manager who connected us with Bill O'Coin. And Bill O'Coin was looking for a secondary act. So we thought, okay, can perfect. we set up a showcase you, 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 you should be perfect for Bill O'Coin. Yeah. Well, you know, we did do a, a the, the show for Bill O'Coin, a private show for Bill. And then we actually appeared with Kiss at Maple Leaf Gardens. I led the Kiss Army on stage, and, and we did Shout Out Loud, yelled out, Shout It Out Loud. And, of course, that's where I... Where I had pictures taken with Gene Simmons and it was my first meeting with Gene Simmons. And, uh, I was just amazed by the whole, you know, live album, you know, just, it was amazing to me. And that's what we wanted to be like too. So there was the inspiration, but, uh, Bill O'Coin never did sign us. He signed Billy Idol, another blonde guy, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did, he did, he definitely didn't go wrong in that. But what, what 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 was it that I mean? Did he give you a reason why he passed? Is there something he didn't like? Was something not there for him? In this industry, there's no reason. Uh, it's just that you know, record companies would pass on you, or they sign you. Uh, managers would pass on you, or they sign you. There's there was never a reason. You know, you're either hired or you're fired. It's, well. it, it's, it's all, it's all about, and this, this is what really your, yeah, exactly. Your documentary really illustrates this, but to what Tommy just said, it's timing, it's right place, right time, right people. And it seems like to me, Thor is the living example of a band that was always just in the wrong spot, had the wrong person, the wrong timing, because everything was there ready to explode multiple times, as as your documentary yeah. illustrated. But then all of a sudden, the manager screws this up, and, and the record label doesn't want to do this. And, you know, it was like you were on the cusp of breaking multiple times, and then the rug was just pulled out. We did uh, some big shows in New York. And uh, Charlie Crespo, you ever heard of him? Oh, yeah. uh, a major writer um, in the in the Village Voice. He he said, first Alice, then Kiss, now Thor." But so many things and obstacles came about on the way. And there's, no, I don't want to make excuses because I've had a great career. But I'm kind of an example of what would have happened if if Kiss didn't find Bill O'Coin. Exactly. Bill very yeah. important with Kiss, and I just went through manager after manager, and I've had, you know, some great names. I mean, Mike Appel, who managed Bruce Springsteen, but of course he had problems with Bruce Springsteen 
as well. And we had our differences. So then you go to another manager and things get scrambled up and, you know, and, uh, but you know, I'm like Rocky. I keep, uh, you know, Keep well, fighting. that that keep that, that that's that, that's the thing. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, we're still right. I think I got thirty-one albums right now. Thirty-one. If, if Holy make, crap! Yeah, if I could make a million albums, then I'd have a million seller. You know, I could do a million <laughs> albums, sell one of each. You know? <laughs> I, I was going to say you are a perfect example of of a musician who loves what you're doing so much that you just keep fighting you keep moving one more step one more step you know when it you've had more than enough opportunities to legitimately say that i'm done i'm done it's over i can't do it anymore but that hasn't hit you so that must say something about your determination oh it's hit me all right there's been times where uh i thought i was down for the count uh and i wasn't going to get up again but, you know, I pulled myself up and 31 albums uh, later here, uh, you know, we got the new album Rising coming out, a new upcoming tour to promote it. And uh, I got, I'm back in the movie business again because I also did a you know, fair amount of movies in my life, uh, you know, B movies. And now I, I got a martial art uh, movie coming up with uh, Leo Fong. You know, he I think he fought uh, Bruce Lee years ago. He's 91. And I, you know. And I'm 67. We're going to have a big battle. <laughs> so, but, but look at look at what Kiss is doing. Gene Simmons, he's amazing. Paul Stanley's in tremendous shape. Yeah. You know, these guys are touring out there. Uh, you know, and and I'm I'm even uh, amazed with uh, Lee Roth can keep up with them on the tour. You know, <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. You know, because you got to have endurance to go on tour. I know what touring is like, and and. Uh, these guys are out there and 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 really giving and, it. And 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 your and your touring is not at the level, and I'm not referring to um, ticket sales, but the level of somebody like Kiss who's flying a private jet from New York City to the show, and when the show's over, the private jet flies them back to the plaza at New York City. You are, you know the the rock and roll story you're in the van with the band with the gear you're humping your own stuff you don't have a hundred people road crew no. doing it for you it's, not, it's you i'm in the, i'm in the greyhound bus you know with my uh costumes down below well know, well I, I, was, I was gonna say you know? the, the 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 great story that your documentary illustrated was when you were flying was it to finland and two of your bags which had all of your stage props and costumes the airline sent it to amsterdam instead and you're like okay that's my entire show is in those bags what do i do well you know uh on the same bill it was for the sweden rock festival in my head i thought well i knew dio right at the time i was gonna ask him yeah. for a wristband and maybe d snyder you know get maybe a shoulder piece from him because twisted yeah. sister was also playing so you know piecemeal i was gonna somehow get the costume together <laughs> well so tell for people that that are interested in the music business or they want to be in your position and they want to tour can you give some advice or or tell us a little bit about what some of the hardest obstacles you've had to overcome in the industry i think when i first started uh because i was doing something different uh i wasn't quite accepted by the media um there are many times like for the keep the dogs away album 
you know, they would say, oh, Thor sounds like a broken muffler or, or you know, who did this, who's this muscle man think he is? Because it was too different and unique. But yeah. I think nowadays I'm understood more because you've had Arnold Schwarzenegger do his thing. Yeah. Uh, there's countless um, uh, muscular uh, performers out there. Uh, that guy Kane, who was you know guitarist, Kane and, Roberts, yep, Kane Roberts, Roberts yep, uh, in and Alice Cooper and and well, females who are pretty muscular, you know, and bitch, you know, Betsy bitch, she's yep. pretty powerful, you know. We're doing a, a concert with her and at the Whiskey uh, in uh, Los Angeles on uh, March the twelfth. Oh, and, nice. And Whiskey, of yeah. course, Kiss Kiss played was the only club Kiss played last year. Was the whiskey? Yeah. Remember that? You know, and and yeah. and actually, yeah. that was one. As we're recording today, one year ago today, they played the whiskey. That's right, and uh, tremendous. I saw the setup there it was just phenomenal. I know it was. It was one of those things where, as a fan, I'm going, "How is Kiss going to put on a show in the whiskey?" Because if you've never been in the whiskey, it's small. I mean, small, small. It's not not a lot of capacity for audience. The staging is small. You know, yes. you could basically fill up the whiskey stage with Eric Singer's drum kit. <laughs> exactly. It's it's small. For me, it's big, you know, <laughs> it's a pretty good size stage for me because we got a smaller kit and, and yeah. uh, just amps and not all the big uh, uh, paraphernalia and stuff uh, or pyrotex. Um, so but, it, you know, works works out for us uh, more of an intimate uh, kind of feel. Have you played and, the I mean, whiskey before? Oh, I've played it, played it twice before already. Okay. Um, so, so, so we're excited to go there and play those kind of size venues on this tour. Uh, when we go to Europe, it's a different story. We play in front of 20,000 people at festivals and, and uh, you know, uh, big crowds at, at various venues in Finland and Sweden. And uh, so it's a way of life there. Heavy metal is a way yes. of life there. Right now, yeah. metal is more of, it's not in the mainstream. I, you know, at the Academy Awards, I didn't see any metal being played. No, nope. I saw Eminem being played, and uh, you know, uh, you know, who's who's the other one? Billy, uh, Billy Ellish. Billy oh, Ellish. Yeah, 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 exactly. Song. She won. Yeah. She well, won the, like, the media always has their. Well, dark. You're a tough guy. Maybe you're a rough. You know that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, the media has always had their dial darlings, and I've always heard that Europe is much more metal-oriented, especially like London yeah. in the U.K. Apparently, they love, you know, Iron Maiden, and all those bands are huge there. Yes. And, Do you think and, it's more because it's working-class people that they relate to that power of the music more so than someone else? Or what, what do you think it is about Europe that embraces metal so much more than the States? Well, this metal never died over there. It just... Uh, you know, uh, generation after generation, love it. And it's a way of life. I mean, it's like going to a football game. I mean, when we when we go to these festivals, they're holding flags from their country up there. You yeah. know, and, and it, it, you, know, you look over the sea of 20,000 people and, and they're just, uh, they know all the songs, you know, uh, all the riffs and they're playing air guitar. It's just amazing. And, it you know, we have favorite fans here in the United States and Canada However, it's just a smaller scale. Yeah, um, I, I was, I was going to say, it seems like to me, going back to how I started this with seeing you in Krang in the early 80s, outside of Canada, Europe, the UK, seem to accept you first. 
after Canada, of course. Then it was Europe. They 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 didn't they didn't look at you as like some gimmick. They looked at you as a metal musician, and it. I don't think you ever really were able to crack that U.S. market. We knew about you in the U.S., but yes. the media, even back in the 80s, you know, the circus and the hit paraders and all of those, never really seemed to attach themselves to you. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, um, we had our moments. We had some great, great moments uh, and played all kinds of places. I mean, we were the, uh, the first act, uh, to, to, uh, have a residency at, uh, in Las Vegas, you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, we're just unique in all different ways. We, we played CBGBs. We played, uh, uh, just some fantastic places and, and toured, um, but not in the size of, of kiss, you know? So, can, can uh, you- can you stop though before you go any further? Can you tell us a little bit about what it was like to play at CBGB's, the owner, and all that? Well, uh, when we played, at, I, I would play at different places in places in the Bowery. Well, the Gilder Sleeves. Uh, uh, when we played CBGB's, it, it, it was a special. John Holstrom put on a special punk magazine show, and uh, the Dictators were there, which included Ross the Boss uh, mm-hmm. uh, from uh, Manowar. Uh, so he returned to the dictators for this. It was a kind of a punk metal, and the place was jam-packed. Uh, there were some wrestlers uh, who were throwing, uh, it was for the birthday, they were kind of fooling around in the beginning uh, of the show, and they were uh, throwing cake at each other. This cake had a lot of oil, and one guy threw up on the stage. So I didn't I didn't know all this was happening, so I came on the stage, and I, and I slipped, and went backwards into the puke in the, in the cake. Uh, but everybody loved it. <laughs> you know, everybody went crazy and, you know, people just jumped on stage, started throwing cake around. The atmosphere was wild. And we, we get, we get those kind of things when we go into shows of just wildness, craziness, cool. you know, we, yeah, we bring the amazing. Neanderthal out in people, I think, you know, well, you, you, you've, you've always sort of had, you, even though <laughs> like you've been in Krang and you're, you're a hard rock slash metal artist. You've also been accepted by the the punk world as well. Yes, there's a fine line between punk and, and metal. metal. Yeah, uh, and you know it's like you know Gene said um, he went to South America and they were doing uh, a a death metal uh, a festival, but that yet when Kiss came on they were playing I was made for loving you baby yep. and the, you know the the fans went just as wild so you can cross over sometimes and people will accept you. We have a new song right now. That's not our norm that, that Kevin wrote and uh, people are really liking it, digging it. And uh, it, uh, the party never ends. Yeah. I, I heard it. It's, 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 me, right? it's a fun song. <laughs> it's, you know, if you listen back to some of the earlier raw stuff of Thor, this is much more, I don't want to, I don't want to just say commercial, but it's much more accessible, and I and I think really accessible to somebody like a Kiss fan, who is going to probably be more interested in in melodies and hooks and stuff like that. Yeah. Your new song, I was just like, oh, this is this is a cool surprise. This is different than what what I remember listening to the early Thor albums. Yes, I mean uh, when we you no know, keep the dogs way was called power pop. It kind of came in. 
uh, late 70s when New Wave was coming in and there was punk and there was disco. So it, it kind of combined all those sounds. And uh, and then uh, we got heavier with Unchained. Uh, so mm-hmm. Unchained, you know, had Anger on, which people love, the heavy riff on that and Lightning Strikes. So uh, and then we got a little more heavier with Only the Strong. So those were um, some uh, franchise type albums for us and, you know, uh, got us, got us going in, in England and, you know, uh, at least parts of the United States and Canada. We were like Twisted Sister. Twisted Sister was huge in the Tri-City area, yep. uh, you know, and, and they couldn't get a record deal. It doesn't matter if they were packing the Paramount or whatever. They had to you go know, to Europe to get the record deal. And that's pretty much what I had to do to get the next record deal. I had to go, uh, it's, over, it's over so odd to me because if you've got American fans packing these places for Twisted Sister, I always thought that was so odd that they actually had to go out of the country to make it happen. That's just strange to me. Well, you know, Tommy, to your point, and I, and, and and Thor, I bet you can you can talk to this because as we've seen with Kiss, any band, Kiss, Twisted Sister, Thor. People see the band for the costumes and the visual first, and and you've probably heard it. We hear it as Kiss fans all the time. Kiss can't play their instruments. They're just a band wearing makeup and sh- putting pyro off. I'm sure you get the same thing. Thor can't play and sing. He's just a you know a bodybuilder who who bends steel bars. You know, there's 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 a general narrow-mindedness in the music community to people who play music but also put on a visually entertaining show yeah the thing is is catch 22 you want to put on a great show but the record companies when you're trying to get a record deal uh they say oh the guy blows up hot water bottles and men steal you know how good is he musically how you know can he sing or you know whatever uh and in the same i mean i'm in the beginning kiss went through the same type of thing with the show you know, like they put on a show, you know, um, and, and Alice Cooper. I mean, Alice Cooper, you know, uh, had a tough time in the beginning. And Twisted Sister had a especially tough time because it was it was a show thing. Labels always don't, you know, go for the big show thing when it comes show first. And then they, they just think about, oh, I'll, I'll sign, uh, you know, a very musical act that kind of, you know, yeah, guys but- and but Bruce Springsteen is just as much of a gimmick in his T-shirt and jeans, wa- you know, waving the American flag as Thor is as a bodybuilder. That's the thing that's so s- silly to me is you get some of these springs. And I don't mean to pick on Bruce because he, he is really talented. And I enjoy his music. But goddamn, some of these Springsteen fans act like Kiss is a joke in comparison to Bruce because Bruce is passionate and blah, blah, blah. He likes the money just like anybody else, and his gimmick is to dress the way he does. That's right. Just, that, or Ramones. Ramones, what yeah. was their dress? Leather jackets, T-shirts, uh, jeans, and, and running shoes. Uh, you right. know, it's but it's an image. Uh, I mean, Springsteen puts on a show. He knows he has to put on a show because you can listen to the record and buy the record and listen to the record. Anytime, right? But you want to see it when you when you put your money down, pay all that money. You want to go see a show, and, right. and that's why Kiss Kiss put on an incredible show, and and uh, Alice Cooper always put on a great show, and and Twisted Sister, tremendous show, you know. And I mean, I want to go uh, Plasmatics. I used when I lived in New York, I'd go and see the Plasmatics. I don't care, yep. I'd pay whatever it, it took to pay them and go see Plasmatics. 
go see Devo when they came into town. Tell them about New York. I, I lived in New York uh, at, at, on Fifth Avenue. And um, another kid's story was, you know, I'd go in, into the village. Uh, be, uh, you know, I'd be just walking around. And uh, who comes walking is Joey Ramone. Hey, hey, Joe, how you doing, man? And we talk a little bit. And, and then after that, Paul Stanley. Hey, Paul, how you doing, man? Good to see you. Uh, you know, he was so down to earth, really nice guy, you know, really wonderful guy. And we just talk shop, you know, and, and sometimes have a coffee. If he came by, we go to a place called Eva's Restaurant in the, in the village and, and you go have a coffee sometimes. So a lot of artists would go actually uh, to that restaurant run by Steve Capolonis uh, back in the day. I think he still runs the restaurant. And, uh, but then later uh, we'd be in England and it'd be a, a really fancy, incredible party. All the celebs would be there. Boy, George, everybody. You know, and and Paul would be there, too. And and Gene and they still would say, hey, John, how you doing? You know, you know, so uh, just down to earth. Great guys. You know, has has there been a point to two part question here early in the career? um, And and I'll give you the preface for this question early in Kiss's career when they first got signed to Casablanca Records and it was distributed by Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers went back to Casablanca and said, we want Kiss to take the makeup off. Get rid of the gimmick, just the music. And, you know, it was a it was a pivotal moment where they could have either caved or stood their ground for what they believed in and kept fighting. Of course, we know what they did. They stood their ground, did what they believed in, and here they are nearly 50 years later. Was there ever a point early in your career where some label or somebody said, we'll sign you? But get rid of the Thor gimmick. I, I yes, uh, there was a an agency called Bud Matten Agency, and and they just you know get rid of the hammer and get rid of all that shtick, and and just come on there and do a show. But they wanted me to wear sort of uh, like Elvis type uh, outfits and things, and and uh, it was more of that kind of uh, uh, thing where they just wanted me to get rid of the, well, be Thor, but you know wear a different type of outfit uh, also uh, uh when i was in england after all the leather and stud stuff uh poison was coming in more and these kind of bands in like 87 and the label said why don't you do away with uh the leather and studs and hammer and all that and and wear the the jackets you know the the glam jackets and all you know and do really heavy glam and uh Krang actually did uh, they did a thing called um, Thor no more, uh, an article. <laughs> and, and, and that's what it was about that I discarded for a while anyway, the leathers and studs. Yeah. But you know, it's like any type of changing landscape in music. You, you, you know, you want to try to get in front of those people that are buying those other records because you have a viable product that you want to, to share. But did, were you ever in a situation where you were getting this type of advice and you did it begrudgingly, but you felt, eh, this, I'm really making a big mistake here? Yeah, I felt comfortable in my uh, uh, leathers and studs. I was, uh, you know, uh, yeah. I'd be, you know, <laughs> you know, I like to buy belt. Uh, you know, I like my wristbands and all. You know, so, hey, I'm back. Uh, I, I have a similar outfit now. Uh, you know, it's still leather, uh, a little more colorful. Uh, at one time, I actually, uh, um, I don't know if you ever saw my outfit with the uh, the, the spikes uh, coming out yeah, of it. Yeah, on the shoulder. 
That's right. The yeah. same uh, costumer as uh, uh, Gene Simmons. The okay. same company made that one for me. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. interesting. At the time, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I suppose it's a small world, you know. In, you in, know. in New York City, it's a very small world. And, and I lived there for 10 years and I uh, really experienced a, a lot there. It sure has changed now. It's not, it's like a shell of what it used to be. That's yeah. another thing we talk about these things when we used to go to these Kiss Expos in the 80s and how it was just as much of a treat to go to those expos to meet with, you know, other fans and, and get to see what they're doing. But just visiting New York City and going into the village and, and shopping at, you know, all these different great stores like Second Coming and It's Only Rock and Roll that are all like a thing of the past now. Yes, yes. Uh, and the Bowery has changed substantially. Yeah. Uh, in the 70s. Well, uh, I mean, so we, as Times Square. We, we, we all know that CBGB's is now a John Varvatos store selling suits. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So, uh, you know, and uh, uh, I wish I would have held on to my property, though, at 24 Fifth Avenue. Yeah. Instead of selling it as I did back uh, in the day, <laughs> you know, I, uh, if I would have held on to it, it would be worth a ton right now did did you ever have any legal issues using the thor name for it being a a comic book trademark well if if uh, you know when i go to sweden i look out at the audience and there's about you know ten thousand fours out in the audience because it's, it's a name uh you know it uh, also it's uh, mythology thor is mythology you could put a moniker on it like marvel put on the mighty thor uh I have mine trademarked Thor, the rock warrior, Thor, the metal Avenger, John Michael Thor. So oh. I went ahead, but we did have some friction at one time where we had to bring lawyers in, but now we can uh, live in the same world with each other. Uh, Cause we made a settlement. And, and so uh, we coincide together. That's good. We coexist. <laughs> right. <laughs> Because otherwise you'd have to pull the next Thor. Marvel Thor is going to be a woman anyway. So, because otherwise yeah. you'd have to go meet those lawyers with your hammer and and lay down some law, right? That that that's it. You know, you hold the hammer. Where is my hammer? It's around like here the somewhere. Band <laughs> the band hammer, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so go go ahead, Tommy. I was just say. So you're hitting the road this spring or summer? This spring. Okay. First show, first show is February twenty eighth in Seattle, okay. and uh, and the, the album comes out February twenty eighth. It's called Rising, produced by Kevin Stewart Swain, and uh, the new single, of course, uh, uh, the party never ends because it just doesn't end. You know, is, like is, it, is it on a on an indie label, or are you just releasing it yourself? It's on Cleopatra Records. I'm oh, proud. Excellent. To say that I've I've been on Cleopatra Records now for five years. They reissued. Uh, 10 uh, uh, amazing uh, 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 packages that they put together. And also we've uh, recorded five new, brand new albums. And uh, Brian Pereira, who is the founder and CEO of Cleopatra Records, is an amazing guy. Uh, he first started uh, out of his garage. And Douglas Smith, who was my manager at one time, was looking for a label in America for one of the uh, uh, Motorhead albums. And, and, uh, Brian Pereira said, I'll take it. And he got the money from his parents or something and uh, gave Doug Smith the money. He started up his label 
and he hasn't looked back since. That's yeah, cool. no, Cleopatra's what been around story. for a long time. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. So, and and, and where's where's the tour going to take you? Is it through the, all the U.S., Canada? Are you going to Europe? How long is it going to be, and where are you going? We're going to do it uh, in stages. Uh, the first leg will take us uh, Seattle, Portland, Kansas City, uh, two shows in Denver. Uh, it'll be uh, Los Angeles, Vegas, and through uh, Arizona. And then have a break, and uh, I have to prepare for a movie, so I got to do a, this this movie uh, scene, um, and then I'll go back out again and do some more shows, probably in around August. Are you gonna Are you gonna do festivals again over in Europe? Because you know it, it seems like, at least from your documentary, the festivals, festival crowds, even though th- that's what was funny about the documentary, going into it, you guys all in the band were like. Is there going to be anybody in the audience? Is it going to be 10 people in there? And then it would be thousands of them cheering you on. You know, yeah, no, any plans was, to go back to, to do stuff like Sweden Rock and Bakken? We got, and, it, yeah, we got invitations to, to go back uh, to play uh, again. Um, and also South America, too. Uh, uh, you know, uh, we got invitations to play South America and uh, you know who knows where we're going to go next. But uh, this year, I'm going to concentrate more on North America, even if it's smaller venues, whatever it takes. Because uh, I love playing in the U.S. Yeah. And and uh, you know the fans are great. And and then maybe next year we'll head over to uh, Europe again. And you know parts unknown. Uh, you know Just I've never played rolling. Australia, uh, New Zealand. You know there's all kinds of places where Thor hasn't played. You know, uh, Japan, you know, right. and uh, we'll get out there. Have you yeah. ever sat down with Gene and or Paul and talked business to the point where, especially Gene, he loves to give people advice and suggestions. Change your name. Change this gimmick. Do yes. the, has, have, have they watched a, sh- a Thor show and sat down and said, here's what you need to do, Thor? Yes. In fact, uh, Gene, this goes back to about 1982, I think. Uh, uh, Gene wanted to produce a record, like my next record. And he came down to a place called The Underground. And uh, he watched the show. <clears throat> and uh, he really liked the show. Um, but then he he gave his, uh, his thoughts on the show as well. And there was another time I met Gene in Vancouver, what, what, let's, let's back up. What 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 were his thoughts? What did he say? He said, you know, you have a tremendous show, uh, you know, that I should come out even more aggressive. Well, let your balls hang out, man. Just lay, you know. <laughs> Gene, they're my gigantic. balls, not your balls. <laughs> <laughs> have a big gigantic cod piece and and just really be a manly man. Show more skin and just show it all, you know. Uh, like buttless chaps, you know, and stuff like that. But, <laughs> and uh, he he also loved my wife too, you know. But I think you know um, she loved him. Um, Cherry Bomb, you know, you ever heard oh, of Cherry Bomb? Yep, mm-hmm. yep, yeah, yeah. She was the cover of Cherry Magazine, and you know she uh, um, she had a thing uh, for Gene, you know. You know, Gene's uh, got a thing for any female that's out there, basically. <laughs> well, yeah. you know. He's, He's uh, an incredible uh, a guy, you know, who, who, you know, the females love him. 
They yeah. do. They really just, they well, he, he, you know? he plays – this is what's so great about Gene is he plays the rock star character that, as a fan, you want him to be. So he can play that rock star. He can play the star that the groupies want. They, you know, they want that sort of response back. And, and he does an yeah. amazing job being a rock star because I, I've said this in the show and the many times in the past, you know, on any given day, Gene Simmons, if you didn't know he was a rock star, might look like a banker. You'd think he's just a yeah. businessman, a banker. But if you know who he is and he gets to put on the character of Gene Simmons, even out of makeup, the character Gene Simmons, he plays an amazing rock star. You know, he's these guys are, you know, can do it all, you know, owning a football team, something I always wanted to do, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, just, you know, he's a marketing genius. You know, he, he knows how to do it. He's, he's happening, that, you know. Kiss are where the action is, you know. I just want to go into the bank and withdraw some money. Where's my money? And take my hand. <laughs> Do I have any money in my account? What? <laughs> yeah, but. So, 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 continue on with with your story about when when you said Gene in '82 came out and met you, and then you were gonna move into another time that he came and saw you. Oh yes, in uh, in Vancouver, we had a conference, uh, the New Music Conference, uh, and uh, uh, basically, uh, I was with uh, Nardwar at that time, uh, and and Nardwar showed him different bands from Canada, and he would say who is going to make it, who is not going to make it, who would be international, and one band was the New Pornographers. Now they were big in Canada and they had hits. Gene said they're not going to make it into mainstream USA with a name like that, the new pornographers. So, you know, he always had uh, really good advice. He's very forever. realistic in that sense. Absolutely. Very realistic, you know? And, uh, but uh, where's my friend? Uh, I don't want to leave him out completely. Uh, there he is. <laughs> I just, you know. Guitar yeah. player and, yeah. and producer yeah. of the new yeah. album. Yeah. Kevin, tell yeah. us a little bit about the new record and, and the production and all that. Um, okay. Well, so it's the third album that John and I have done. And I'm just, you know, getting to know him as an artist and stuff. It's, it's been really cool. So this one, there's a video remix. So this, the version of party never ends that you're hearing. I just went down to LA for the metal awards and Ronan, Chris Murphy from, uh, he did King Crimson and, uh, Guar. He did that last Guar album. He mixed it. And that was mastered by Mayor Applebaum who did stuff mm -hmm. like faith no more. I'd love to do a Kiss tie in here, but I'm not sure if any of those guys ever worked with Kiss. That's okay. That's, I do have a couple okay. of Kiss stories if you want. Yeah, lay it on us, uh, brother. Not not to not to not to get off the album thing, but uh, when I was up in uh, Canada, I was touring with a band called Idolize. There's a band up here called Sheriff that you might have heard oh, of. Yeah. They had a I remember that. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. So that yeah. was way after the fact. Yeah. That, that song Five was years. a single years before when they were touring behind that that song. Uh, their guitar player was offered the Kiss gig. And this was the point where, for us as fans, I, I'd never even comprehended anyone playing with Kiss but the original four. They right. had the makeup. I'd never heard of anyone doing a thing. So I kind of didn't believe it. I took it with a grain of salt. But I crossed his path in a bar, and I thought, screw it. I'm just going to go up and ask him. 
Right. And I wish I knew his name. He went on to play with Alibi, too, with Roger Fisher and everybody. Yeah, um, yeah that band so, split in half, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. So he, I said, did you play with, uh, did you get an offer Kiss? And he said, as a matter of fact, I did. And he told me the story. And it was, you know, fairly reasonable pay, basically total sideman thing. And he's going, I got a number one hit. The first time when I'm with you came out, it was number one in most of Canada, except for BC, actually. And so he had to go, do I join KISS or do I follow this through and see what happens? Right. So it was interesting. I mean, that's that's kind of one story. The other story was uh, Kenny Kerner. I guess you guys are quite oh, yeah. familiar with him. Yeah. I I'd spent a little bit of time with him. I guess, you know, he's kind of a gruff guy and everything. Um, he killed me because he was in a music seminar thing two days in he comes up and, and the first words out of his mouth were everything he heard for the past two days is bullshit <laughs> he said if the record companies had a clue what they were doing they wouldn't be in the mess they are in right now and just basically decimated the whole damn thing nice. and i got to sit with him and he reluctantly listened to a song that i was that i'd written at that point and uh just the gruffest guy and the no bullshit guy but i enjoyed him and i can see how he had the grit that, that, you know, to do what he did. So right. it was just great to spend a little bit of time with him. But this new song, uh, Party Never Ends, funny enough, there's been a few comments saying that they could hear Kiss doing the song. There's been a few people made Yeah, that you know, I, I, I didn't listen to it that way, and I'll go back and listen to it again, but I could imagine it being done by Kiss because, again, it's 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 a song that, is more in tune to what Kiss is about than that early metal sound of yeah. that Thor had. Yeah, I mean it's a bit of a it's a bit of a departure. I'm I'm feeling a bit of uh, apprehension in that that you know I brought this song in and well, I'm going. Have, have, have you so got have you gotten any feedback on the song from you know the hardcore diehard Thor fans? Yeah. Are they going yes or are they going what the hell did you They're just do? They're mostly going yes, mostly going yes. There's the guys that are very metal. It's metal or it's shit kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. They're, it's either Slayer or nothing. <laughs> yeah, but then there's like John was just saying uh, Thor. He was saying there's there's some pretty heavy bands out there that have been sending notes and going they really like it because you know part of it's the story the lyrics to that song are what it's like i'm getting on we're all getting on and we realize that all those reasons we did it in the first place the the girls and the money and the boats and the um now it's really the only guys still doing this really love it and and we're just addicted to giving and receiving from the fans, right? Just writing a song that they love, playing a show and just feeling that support. So, you know, the lonely in the hotel room, it's true. Like, it's kind of the loneliest job in the world. Sometimes we've all got lost relationships, poverty for a lot of our lives. Um, it's it. There's not right. much in it. And, and that song's kind of like, but there's this much in it. It's enough and I love it and I'm going to do it to the end. So I'm really happy hearing john sing those words you know what, what's, what's the rest of the album sound like does it follow in the same style are there some metal it, it, some heavy really metal well you know like the producing of the last three albums for me and john is an interesting thing because we put the word out to the whole four people and people contribute songs that are affiliated with john so we're actually overseeing songs. Sometimes I'll, I'll remix someone's song. Sometimes they'll, you know, we're, we're just, we put a record together. 
with all these people that are, are his friends and longtime cohorts. So there'll be a variety of styles. So when you hear the album come out, if you want hardcore metal, there's 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 a lot of really great, aggressive, heavy songs on there. Um, I tend to, I love that stuff too, but for some reason, I always tend to write the more pop hit kind of, the chorusy kind of thing. So there's a variety from about four or five different sources as writers and performers on every album. Awesome. Last three. How, yeah. how, how many songs off the album are going to be played on tour? Um, I think that depends on reaction. Like even, even Party Never Ends, um, we just released it five, six days ago. Right. So um, it, I guess it will get on the song list if it, if it needs to be on the song list because people want to hear it. So the real question right now is what's going to happen? Are people going to dig this, you know? Right. Right. So, We'll see. Um, but John's got like such a wealth of stuff. When you distill 31 albums oh, into a one-hour set, it's a, insane. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I go out sometimes and do the shows, you know, and it's it's the highest point in my career. Like, like it's been really fun and and really exciting, exhilarating to play like the cream of the crop of these 31 albums. They're great tunes. They're great rock and roll, raw. You know, and I can hear, like you're saying, there's the punk angle, there's the metal angle, there's the classic rock. You know, it's it's quite a variety. I'm glad that the fans are that open-minded that they're listening, because we have been pushing the boundaries in the last three albums. Some of the stuff me and John have done, I've had one comparison, someone said Bowie. Sounds like Bowie. Another one, another song we did, the one now, they're saying New York Dolls meets uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know, I'm liking that. Wow. Yeah, that's a cool <laughs> description. <laughs> Yeah. So, but we're, I love that John's a really musical guy. I was looking at an opera thing the other day. I'd gotten an opera Blu-ray and he, and he knew the title and all the history. Like he was completely familiar. Like he's, he's a really generous person for anybody doing music. If I pass on anything I'm producing from Frank Sinatra type stuff to anything, he digs it. And you know, he's uh, real open-minded, knowledgeable musically. So we're actually exploring some things. If you listen to the albums, you'll hear a few cuts that we've done together that are I'm pretty proud of. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, well, and it's good to be able to do something a little different, and rather than just stick in the exact same vein, you should be able to stretch your wings a little bit, and yeah. and you know, produce something a little bit different just to see what happens. It's not the whole record. It's not like you're making the Elder. No, I mean, Kiss, you know? again, like, Kiss is a real variety. Uh, that know, was one of my favorite yeah, albums. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. And I was made for loving you, you know, just going, like, the, the few songs that came out in the disco era were rock bands, when well, we can play disco, you know, like, there. I was made yeah. for loving you. What a powerful song. That's a great you know, song. as a bass player, too, that digga, 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 the 16th notes where when, you can when, hear when, the When's Thor going to um, do a disco album? Yeah. I did a disco uh, uh, song. Uh, it was called Poison. It's on uh, the Electric Guys album. Well, it was one of the 31 albums <laughs> that <Okay>. came out. <laughs> it's even Thor got a little disco-y. That's good. <laughs> I was in that era. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, as I said, it was late 70s. Uh, if you hear the drums on Keep the Dogs Way, they're pretty heavy-duty kind of disco drums, dance drums. And uh, New Wave was big, punk was big, you know, there was, you know, uh, disco, rock, you know. It was an interesting time, great time. I mean, yeah, if, if, I if, if you watch his documentary, pay attention to the video footage of him doing his Las Vegas residency show. 
you'll 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 see that it's just like, all right, he's a bodybuilder, but he's like wearing sequin pants and he's got you know, it's the whole Vegasy look to it. Yeah, this is fantastic. Yeah. I was the first heavy metal act to ever do a residency in Las Vegas. Believe it or not, 1976. Cool. Wow. <laughs> now, now Lee Roth and uh, everybody's uh, everybody doing that. everybody wants to do it. Well, you right. know, part, part of part of the reason they want to do it now is their bodies can't take touring anymore. So it's easier to go do a residency and let all the fans come to you than you go to them. Well, that's the amazing thing about Kiss. Kiss are on the road, and I, I don't know how they do it because they got to be, you know, on those machines and with all the special effects. And, and, you know, one mistake, you could, you know, oh, fall. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. And uh, they're just in great shape, those guys, you know. And uh, but, 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 you know, I mean, to, to the point that this is, quote, the end of the road tour, Gene and Paul yeah. have, have said, we can't tour anymore. We can't keep doing this. I mean, they're pushing 70 years old. You know, good God, Paul Stanley's had pretty much every joint in his body replaced with titanium because they've all been destroyed through 45 years of running around in platform boots, which I'm sure you know. That's, yes, that, that, can, that, can, stress, that can stress your yeah. knees and everything. I've had torn meniscus. Uh, I even had a new eyeball replaced. Oh, that's right. So, I, I mean, remember that from the, the from documentary. From exploding hot water bottles. The pressure of the, you know, uh, I blew up my eyeball. Oh, <laughs> and, and, and teeth. It's, it's rock and roll, I, man. Teeth biting steel. So, you know, these are these are the, uh, uh, you know. Oh, the, yeah, uh, that's the, right. On, on, on the documentary, there was that one clip where you bit into it and you were spitting teeth out. <laughs> Yes, oh, I'm just have. like, oh my God, this There's guy does some it for there. the show. Uh, <laughs> wow! Thank, thank, thank. Well, I shouldn't say thank God. Did the fans come back and go, oh my God, Thor, that was amazing. Are you going to spit your teeth out tomorrow night too? Like <laughs> I did it every night. I have like no teeth, uh, <laughs> you know. But I, I had one one fan one time. I did the bit into the steel bar. I bent it and a tooth broke off and I spit it out into the crowd and somewhere I went into the crowd and uh, a girl wanted to come backstage because she found the tooth. She wanted, to give, she wanted to give me the tooth with a hot water bottle. One time I had a lifetime guaranteed hot water bottle. Uh, and I, you know, of course I blow these up till they explode. And this one got big, bigger and bigger. And people in the crowd uh, were starting to run like out of the club because they didn't know what was going on. It, it got bigger and bigger and went into past the dance floor into the crowd. And the band said, stop, stop, oh, you know, stop. And, and, you know, and, 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 and I wouldn't stop. I just kept blowing and blowing. Somehow it, there was, I was only my fingernails were, were holding on to it. And uh, when it exploded, uh, it knocked me unconscious. You know, so, <laughs> Dude, you 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 put everything into your show. I, you know, I admire that. Yeah, like I said, you know, I just wanted to give a, 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 a the best show I could to the audience, uh, and you know, even to the my own injuries to the detriment of myself. But you know what? It's all worth it because what the audience has given me. It's it's more than I can even 
you know, believe it, it's, it's unbelievable when you get on that stage, the uh, it's higher, you get higher than a kite. I mean, you're, yep. you're, it's, it, there's no drug, you know, that yeah. can make you that high as getting that feel from the audience. It's a tremendous experience. And, and some of the most wonderful people in the world I have met who are fans of, of Thor and of kiss. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a big family. Um, are there, quote stage gimmicks that you used to do decades ago that you just can't do anymore because as with all of us your bodies get older and it's harder to do stuff i mean is, is, are there things that you've had to stop doing because your body just can't handle it anymore yes uh there was one i used to lift up the heaviest person in the audience with my neck and teeth I uh, was, would be on a platform and um, a harness would go on my head and, 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 and then also I'd bite in into a, a plate, you know, and, and lift the heaviest person up in, from the audience. So one time a 450 pound woman oh. came up and, and then I tried to lift her up and the platform broke and we rolled into the crowd and almost crushed the front audience. People in the front <laughs> And uh, so I don't do that one anymore. <laughs> well, I, I was as you were describing that, I'm going, yeah, I would probably imagine you would stop doing that because, like it or not, the audience sizes seem to have gotten bigger and bigger and bigger <laughs> yeah. over the decades here, and it's yeah. no it's no longer a bunch of thin women in spandex, thin guys in spandex and and leather jackets. It's yeah. big. Big guys, big girls, and you're just like, okay, I'm not lifting you anymore. When 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 you were 120 pounds, no problem. When you're 450 pounds, <laughs> ain't going anywhere. No. Not so. Well, much. you know, I um I wouldn't want to uh, uh uh you know do th any uh, things these days that you know hurt me uh with with yeah. these stunts because I, I like to think the strength is in the music, and I yes. can go out there and belt out some songs, wear some great outfits uh have gladiator battles and just put on a great show you know that's yeah. the kind of thing i i just well, i want to entertain the crowd and and give them great music and that's where i'm at right now rather than uh blowing an, up an exploding lifetime guaranteed hot water bottles or bending steel on my teeth or ripping license plates in half i don't do any of that stuff anymore uh yeah you know maybe i'll bend a microphone stand around one of the uh monsters head or something like that or neck you know but, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah it's, all, it's all good, man. It's all good. <laughs> all right, so give us, as we're wrapping up here, uh, give us the name of the new record again, the new single, and where people can find you. Yes, uh, the name of the album is called Rising, produced by Kevin Stewart Swain. And, uh, you know, we got songs on there like Wormhole, uh, uh, you know, um, we will destroy you. <laughs> yeah, nice. So some heavier ones, right? Yeah. Uh, as well as well as uh, you know, Starmaster and uh, you know, so Thunder. Some great great songs on there. I I think you know, I think it's a a great combination of some heavy and some rock. You know, because I'm still a rock and roller at heart. 
and and uh, we're going to be on tour uh, starting in Seattle, September. Uh, sorry, not September. That's the next tour. But uh, uh, we'll be on on tour uh, February 28th in Seattle, Portland, uh, February 29th. Um, then there's Kansas City, March the 5th, uh, March 7th in Denver, uh, March 12th in Los Angeles at the Whiskey. And and then we'll be in Las Vegas uh, for the uh, – uh, I'll be the 14th. We'll be in Las Vegas. Uh, Tucson, Arizona uh, will be there on the, on the 16th. So it's going to be a, a really fun first leg of the tour in the West western area of the united states and and, and when, when you do shows do you come out afterwards take photos meet the fans stuff like that absolutely the fans are everything to me so i come out there i'll meet the fans sign autographs uh and we're out there to promote the new album and to meet fans and i want them to see the show and and sing along with us and we'll just have a great party and and your website where all this information is what what's your website ThorCentral.com. ThorCentral.com. Yeah. There's Grand Central in New York. This is ThorCentral.com. And you can go there and connect to uh, our our Facebook. I was going to say you're on social media as well. Yeah. Lots of social media. Or you can also go to the record company, uh, CleoRex.com, C-L-E-O-R-E-C-S.com, and check out our band camp and all that kind of stuff. Thor, cool. this yeah, it looks like a great website. Th- this this was a blast. You know, like I said, you've you've been in my rock and roll blood since the early '80s when I first saw a Krang magazine pinup, and I'm going, "What? What is this?" You know, I gotta check this out because it's not just some drunk rock star. This guy's got a character going here. I mean, it's, it's, it's the same reason why I first checked out Manowar. It's like I'd never heard Manowar, but I saw them. I'm like, okay, I got to check this out. These guys are more than just musicians. Absolutely. Just, you know, just like, you know, um, I have to say, you know, Kiss is uh, one of the big influences for us. And, and uh, I thank those guys for that. And, and uh, we continue on putting on the show. We're showmen. You know, yep. Uh, you know, we put on a shows, and and we're out there. In, in addition to the music, you know, I want to give the best show I possibly can. And you know, uh, every time I see uh, Kiss or uh, I'll see uh, uh, you know uh, YouTube performance by Kiss, it just inspires me that much more to give my very best. As awesome. as, as Gene likes to say, when you're on stage, it's not about how well you play. It's about how well you look playing. He said it right. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to have the look. <laughs> you got to yes. look the part. Yes. Exactly. Thor, thank you so much for taking the time out to chat with us. Thank this you. was this was really, I mean, as, as a rock metal head, this was really cool for me. Um, you know, unfortunately, you don't have a show. I'm in San Francisco. You're skipping over San Francisco. But I will find you somewhere on the road, and I can't wait to can't wait to check you out. And I encourage everybody else go check out Thor when he comes to town and check out the new album. Absolutely, uh, you know, if you get a chance, come down to to you know Los Angeles. I'll treat you well. You know, 
It's, it's going to be my birthday, so we'll have a birthday dinner. It will be the crossover nice. of the of the century. Thor versus the Tool. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, no, uh, we are comrades. I welcome the Tool. <laughs> You're welcome to come to the table and have a big pizza pie. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. I think, thank you so much thank for you. coming on. Thank you both. Thank, Thank you. both of you for joining us, and yes. and um, I will I will send you guys the link for this when it goes live, and that way you can share it. Great, really appreciate it. Great talking to you All right. guys. Yeah. You bet. You Take have care. A great week, guys. Take care. Thank you, Thank you so much. Bye. Yeah, that was a blast. As I said, yeah. in all honesty. I, I have a distinct memory of seeing Thor in Kerrang! magazine, and it had to have been 81, 82, something like that. And I'm just yeah. like, wow, this, he plays hard rock and metal, and he looks like this? I got to check this out. Mm -hmm. It just never cracked here in the U.S., though. No, it didn't. And he, to me, he was like kicks, where you saw stuff about him in the magazines, the trades, all the time, ads and and interviews and things like that but i didn't know anyone that had any of his records well th this i you think know? even more so than kicks because at least kicks was a u.s band right um thor and this is what krang was great for back in the day we've talked about this in the past but they gave exposure to all of these artists and musicians that you would never hear about here in the u.s Never, yeah, because, war, because let, let's be honest, the hit paraders and the circus magazines of the world, you only made it in there once you made it, basically. Right. Well, and also, too, during that period of time, Kerrang! was one of the only magazines to give Kiss any coverage. Yeah, yeah, real yeah. coverage, serious, honest coverage. So, yeah. you know, for me, it was it was like, okay, if Kerrang! is sort of endorsing Thor, I got to check this out, because I trusted right. Kerrang! magazine um implicitly with everything if they said it was a good album i'm going to check this album out now the challenge was finding that album because the music was hard to find in the u.s and sometimes it was an import and you'd have to spend forty dollars on an import and then it's like okay do i want to spend forty dollars on an unknown but uh yeah. no i i had a blast here he was super fun yeah. you could tell he's he loves what he's doing Big heart. Um, you know, having been in the music industry for so long, I really connect and appreciate the musicians that you can see do it because they love this. Mm -hmm. It would have been so easy for Thor to throw the towel in, drop the hammer, so to speak, yep. decades ago. Yeah. Go go watch. It's I think it's called I Am Thor is the documentary. I got it on Amazon Prime. Go watch his, it. It's just an amazing story of determination and persistence. Yeah. His perseverance deserves your attention. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing you this because he loves it. He's not, he's, like I said, he's not flying in private jets to his shows. He's driving in vans. Right. Right. So, so uh, what should we do homework wise? Homework wise. Are you familiar with Thor? Are you Thor? familiar with Thor? You know, Thor the musician, not the mighty Thor from Marvel Comics. Are you familiar with Thor, the musician? Have you listened to him? When did you first see him? What do you think? And then I would say, tell us what you think of the new single. Yeah. 
Go track down yeah. the new Thor single. It's on Spotify. It's everywhere you can find music. So just go check it out. And what do you think? Mm-hmm. I think that works. Sweet. And cool. uh, as always, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the little red subscribe button so you never miss another episode. Head over to iTunes, leave us a review and a rating. That would be greatly appreciated. And if you're a Spotify listener to our show, and we've got all sorts of Spotify listeners, it keeps growing every week, hit the follow button on Spotify so we know you're out there, so we know you're listening to us on Spotify. It means a lot yeah. to us. And uh, that's it. I can't recall. I don't have a calendar in front of me. I don't know if we've got a guest next week or not but we've got a few of them that we're talking to and confirmed line lined up as well so that's it three sides of the coin we'll see you guys next week later dudes the show go to itunes.threesidesofthecoin.com and leave your review and rating of three sides of the coin thanks download your free free copy of the kiss school of marketing 11 lessons i learned working with kiss the number one downloaded business book on noise trade go to books.noisetrade.com slash michael brandvold you're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. So you love the show. Go to iTunes.threesidesofthecoin.com and leave your review and rating of Three Sides of the Coin. Thanks.